Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The Gob Shooting! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host, Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 149. We are into October now, which means only a couple months away from episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, which is very exciting. And now here we are, Jesse, and we're already getting new Star Wars. October 6th was the season 2 premiere of Star Wars Resistance, which we'll talk about later on in the show. But it's just so exciting that we're finally getting into like just a ton of star wars stuff coming right up in a row i know and disney plus is right around the corner i just i just can't wait did you get it yet you got your subscription yet i did not subscribe yet i'm kind of waiting for that whole bundle thing where they were talking about bundling hulu with espn last time i checked the website it was you were able to just like pre-subscribe for disney plus only Mm -hmm. um so I don't know. I don't know if I, if it's a better deal if I just subscribe now, and I don't know how that'll work later on when they um, release that bundle. Yeah. But but I'll have it the day it comes out. I'll be subscribed. All right, sounds good. Definitely, a lot of great stuff coming up on Disney Plus. All right, we're gonna start with a segment of our show called "How's Your Star Wars." How's your Star Wars? So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. And if you haven't listened to our show in a while or uh, don't know what How's Your Star Wars is, this is a segment where Jesse and I pick something out of our daily lives related to Star Wars that we'd like to share with you guys. So, Jesse, how's your Star Wars been lately? My Star Wars has been great. I, Even though I took a backseat in Force Friday this year, I did splurge on something that I was not planning on splurging on which was the limited edition Ahsoka ring from Rock Love Jewelry. Yes. I When I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's really cool. But, like, I don't know if I'll ever wear it. Like, it's kind of expensive for something I might not wear. I'll just, you know, whatever. And then as they kept, like, you know, it, it sold out the first time. And then this they really released it a second time. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is it. This is really my last chance. And... I got it, and I'm so happy I did. It's so cute. It's her mantras that's literally just in, like, this little enamel ring, and the mantras, like, stick out from your hand. And it's, like, it, it doesn't stick out as much as I thought it would, and it just, like, it looks so cute on my hand. I'm so happy. And it says Ahsoka lives on the inside. That's awesome. I'm really glad I went for it because it's awesome. Yeah, I know Amanda was kind of getting on me for not getting that, and I wish I did. 
but yeah, it's awesome. I'm glad you have it. I am looking forward to seeing yours. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll let you wear it. Oh, really? Will it fit me? <laughs> Maybe on your pinky. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, my Star Wars has been good, too, and I'm sure many of you know that I am a collector, but I have not really been kind of like all aboard on the Funko Pops. Like, I'm more of an action figure guy, and I know that there's, you know, people like certain things. Some people are really into the Lego sets, and that's not really me either. Like, I have some of them. But when it comes to action figures, like, I'm all about action figures. So I was at work the other day, and we obviously sell Funko Pops at uh, my collector store. And it was a slow day. Like, October's kind of a slow month. And I was like, you know, I know that Force Friday is coming up, and I know that there's going to be a lot of really cool Funko Pops, including, like, new characters like Dio and Janna and, like, Cal Kestis from Jedi Fallen Order. Like, I know I'm going to want to get some of these really cool ones, The Mandalorian. I was like, I have a problem. I know if I get one, I'm going to want to get all of them. But I was like, I think I might go down that Funko Pop rabbit hole. And like, I don't really even think they're that cute. I'm just, I just <laughs> want them for some weird reason, you know? No, um, they're so addicting. Yeah. It's so hard. Like I try to be very, very specific about the ones I pick, like only picking the ones I want and not trying to like go too, too far. But like sometimes you start a set and you're just like, I just, I need them. I need right. them on it. Yeah. And, like, they have all the sets on the back of them and stuff, and the Black Series don't even do that. You know, it's not like you can look on the back of the Black Series box and be like, okay, here's the rest of them in the wave. But they do that with the Funko Pops, and you're like, okay, now I know what other ones I'm missing. And I've decided I'm not going to go back and try to get the ones that I'm missing, like spending, you know, hundreds of dollars to get the convention exclusives from, like, three years ago. Like, I just, I'm, I'm not going to go that crazy. But I think with a lot of the new ones, if I'm able to get them, I'm going to try to do it, including, like, all the New York Comic Con ones and, and things like that that are shared exclusives with, like, Target or whatever. So I am on the Funko Pop train now. I'm on the Funko Pop train, so um, may God be with me. <laughs> They're just so dang cute. Yeah. They're so cute. And I want, like, like there's Christmas ones that come out. I think last year it was, like, R2 and C-3PO all, like, tangled up in, <laughs> in yeah. like, Christmas lights. They're just irresistible sometimes. Yeah. I get it. All the ones that I didn't have at the store I bought, and then I got the Funko app which is really a problem for me because I can see like all of the ones that exist and then you can add them to your oh, collection yeah. on the app and then you can go to the store and you can scan the barcodes of the Funkos that are on the shelf and it'll tell you if you have it in your collection or not. So I can pull this up right now on my phone. So as of this oh second, gosh. I have 233 items from Funko equaling a total value of $2,603. And Oh my god. Yeah, and you can see like everything that's on here, it's all the products that Funko makes, so it's even the shirts, the little like backpack clips, the little lanyards, of course the the pops themselves, the large ones and the regular ones, the dorbs which are also like little vinyl figures like it's it's bad so i can keep track <laughs> numerically of my collection which i love but it's also like now i know everything that exists and 
things that I need. So things, yeah. yeah, that's such a cool app, though. I had no idea they had an app. You need that for like your entire collection. I, I you just know. need like, ooh, do it, yeah. produce it, make an app <laughs> for Star Wars collectors. I w- yeah, I need that. I need that so bad. That would be so beneficial. <laughs> All right, let's get into the Star Wars news, and Jesse, I'll have you kick us off here. What's going on? Big news on what will be coming ahead for us after the Skywalker series comes to a close in December. Kevin Feige has been announced as a as going to be able to produce one of our new Star Wars films that's going to be coming out in the future, and this is huge because Kevin Feige is the president of Marvel Studios. He's a producer on pretty much every Marvel movie that's come out and is a producer on four of the ten top grossing films of all time. (laughs) Like, this is insane. So he's a huge Star Wars fan, and I guess Kathleen Kennedy um, knew this about him, and Disney uh, executives knew this about him, and just figured we'd get this guy, this this all-star, on the Star Wars train. Yeah. And they've been doing this quite a lot. You know, John Favreau was on the Star Wars train and he's a very well-known director. He did the Iron Man movies um, and Lion King. And I believe he did the Jungle Book. I think he did the Jungle Book. Um, He did. Yeah. And he also is, you know, he's he's a voice actor for Star Wars. He's done, you know, a few voices. And then we get the Game of Thrones guys, D.B. Weiss and David Benoff, who up until like the last three episodes of Game of Thrones, all the fans out there were like, oh my gosh, yes. And then like three episodes totally changed their mind. And now everyone's like, no, different people. It's like, oh my God, like everyone just calm down. Um, but yeah, I think Kevin Feige is going to do a fantastic job. He's obviously successful and it's the people who love Star Wars the most that I feel like are going to be able to produce the great stuff like Gareth Edwards and J.J. Abrams. Yeah. And I mean, the more like Star Wars just seems now to me like it's going to continue on forever in a big way. And it's just so comforting as Star Wars fans (laughs) to just know that. But the the farther we get, and you know they're gonna you know be true to the continuity of the story. It's not like the Skywalker the Skywalker like saga is just gonna like disappear and we'll never hear of it again. So like thinking about like continuity wise and how hard that's gonna be to keep up over you know who knows how many more we've already done it for forty years and it seems like it's gonna go on for another forty. Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel is huge in that. Like the storylines get twisted, they intertwine between comics and movies and all these crazy little side movies. And just I don't know if anything I'm saying is making sense, but Marvel, the Marvel universe is like a complex, like literal web. So it just kind of makes sense to bring him onto the team when we're continuing this like grand scale of the Star Wars timeline. Yeah. I definitely agree, and I'm sure that whatever he produces is going to be amazing. So I'm just very excited about everything that's to come uh, related to Star Wars. Star Wars Battlefront did a recent update, and we got the Clone Commando. 
as a uh, playable character as well as the Felucia Battlefield and I was lucky enough to play on Capital Supremacy. I played on the Felucia map which is first off gigantic and second off so beautiful. You almost don't even want to go looking for people to shoot. You want to just like walk around and look at the you know, the shrubbery and the wildlife and things like that. And while you're looking, you get headshotted in the brain. You That's know. me whenever yeah. I play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was so much fun. And I mean, I it, it takes a little bit of getting used to with the maps because, you know, sometimes you'll get like backed into a corner and then just die or whatever. But um, I don't. I personally don't particularly enjoy the Capital Supremacy game mode. It's just, it takes too long. The game goes back and forth and like it could be an hour for one game mode. Oh, and I'm, wow. I'm used to like Blast or Heroes vs. Villains where it's like 10 minutes and next, move on to the next one, you know. You get your XP and you can level up your people and then whatever. So I don't 100% know if Felucia is available for like galactic assault or anything like that but i did play it on capital supremacy so very beautiful very gorgeous map and hats off to the to the developers and the designers because it's a it's a fantastic addition and the clone commando i mean just looking at that it's just beautiful you got the sort of glowing visor a couple different abilities it's sort of like a grenade launcher that he's got and he can uh, like buff up his like armor to make him uh, it's sort of like a damage reduction thing too, so he's a lot harder to kill. But yeah, super fun, great updates. And they're going to continue to update Star Wars Battlefront throughout the year, and I know that we are getting Rise of Skywalker content come December, so that'll be pretty cool. And I can't wait to see what they have in mind for November. One other thing on Battlefront, I did see on the menu that Farm Boy Luke showed up but he's not yet an appearance so i'm assuming that shortly we'll be getting another appearance for luke since he's only had two since the beginning of uh, the game's release so that'll be pretty cool all right let's talk a little bit about force friday and this year it was triple force friday commemorating the release of the merchandise for one the rise of skywalker two the mandalorian and three Jedi Fallen Order, the video game. And Jesse, this is the first time in a few years that we haven't spent Force Friday together. I know. It was a bummer. If if, it, if we would have had like a midnight fit mm-hmm. release again, I definitely would have come out. Yeah. But it well, was like during work for me. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. And I'm going to talk about this because as a collector, I have some very strong feelings on Force Friday. Well, we clearly have no Toys R Us anymore, right? And that's kind of, that was sort of like our go-to place for Force Friday. It was pretty well organized. You know, we'd go outside and they'd have line dividers and, and everything. And the people at the local Toys R Us here knew me and knew what was coming. And they always had like Jeffrey the Giraffe out there, you know, yeah. and they made it an event, right? And then, obviously, Toys R Us is gone. Target, typically Super Targets, had midnight release events. I remember even when The Last Jedi came out, they had everything ready to go. They were having um, a raffle for one of those jumbo Porg plushes, like the huge ones, like beanbag-sized Porgs. And so they had all these things ready to go, right? And so come to 2019, we have... 
Disney and Lucasfilm making a huge deal of Triple Force Friday, so much so that they had a YouTube live stream hosted by Warwick Davis, and it showed all of our favorite actors, voice actors, actresses getting a first look at the new products that they're going to be getting of their characters, right? Like, everybody was there. This was a huge deal. This was like the official global release of what the products are going to be like. So obviously everyone's pretty excited. Even Pedro Pascal and uh, Gina Carano got to see the Mandalorian and Cara Dune products being released. So obviously the hype is being built. Nowhere's having a midnight release except for Walmart, right? So Walmart, for the most part, is a 24-hour store. A lot of them are anyway. And um, in my particular area, there were two Walmarts that were having an official Triple Force Friday midnight release. The closest one was about 45 minutes away, and I had to work until like 4 that afternoon. So I was like, well, I could probably make it. But I don't want to drive 45 minutes away and then come, you know, midnight, have to drive another 45 minutes back to my house and still get to work the next day because at work we were opening at 8 a.m. So we we had some of the Black Series that we were going to open. I come to find out that not even like Disney stores opening at 6 or Hot Topics not opening at 6 and that was something that those stores usually did. So we get this massive build up with the live stream with the global reveal and then like hardly any of these stores feel like participating at the times, right? So I decide that I'm going to go to Walmart, not one of the official like Triple Force Friday, you know, Walmarts. Which, by the way, those official ones had like Triple Force Friday pins, which were really cool. Um, And I'm lucky a friend was able to snag one for me, so thank you very much. But I show up at this particular Walmart at 5.30. So get done with work, head over there. It's one of the ones about 10 minutes, 15 minutes away from my house. Of course, no one there knows anything. They have a sign up in the Star Wars area that says, Hey, the Star Wars stuff is going to be released on October 4th. But really, there's there's nothing there for me to buy except for one box of mystery pack lightsabers. I see that Ray's lightsabers in that mystery pack, so I'm like, oh sweet, maybe I could buy this. Try to ring it up. Nope, it, it won't let me because it's not October fourth yet. I'll wait. So I'm constantly talking to the managers and everybody that are there, and I'm like, I need to understand if you guys are going to put this stuff out at midnight, because I know that you're not part of like the official release, so if you're not going to put it out at midnight, I'm going to go somewhere else. And they're like, oh, well, we won't know that until our overnight manager gets here. I'm like, okay, well, what time do they get here? They're like, eight. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's 5.30 now. I'll wait two and a half hours until 8 until the overnight manager gets here and I'll talk to her. Time goes by. Some of my friends start showing up. So I've got, it's a group of five of us now. 8 o'clock gets here. The overnight manager still isn't here. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. Wait a little bit longer. She finally shows up around 8.30. She's like, yep, uh, we'll put it out at midnight if you guys want it at that time. We're like, yeah, we want it at this time. <laughs> So waiting here for three (laughs) hours to ask you if you were going to put it out at midnight. (laughs) Right. And we're like, okay, so what do we do? Like, is there going to be a line or something? She's like, no, um, just go wait by the Star Wars area, I guess. We'll put it out over there. I'm like, okay, I have a bad feeling about this. 
but we'll do this. So we start this unofficial line in front of the, like in the middle of the toy aisle. It's me, five of my friends, and then as we get closer, more people start to come. So there's maybe 10 or 15 of us at the time, by the time midnight gets here. But we're still waiting in line, this unofficial line that we started. I've got my cart and everything, like ready to load it up with stuff. And some people start showing up at like 11.45, 11.50, and it turns out that there are two pallets of brand new Star Wars stuff for Triple Force Friday that they're going to bring out. They put them in the middle of the main aisle, not in the toy aisle, drop their pallet jacks, rip the cardboard off, and like, okay, go ahead. I'm like, hold on. I got here at 5.30. There are people that are showing up at 11.45, 11.50 that you just say free-for-all and everyone's grabbing things. So you've got one set of the first edition Black Series white boxes. There's, I don't know how many there were, like eight of them, something like that. I got five of them. And it's like, come on, man. I've been here since 5.30. You guys have no order whatsoever. And people who are showing up 15 minutes before midnight are getting things that I've waited here for since 5.30. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so Walmart, though, I, I have to say. Because I have done Walmart for just, like, regular Black Friday events. And... I honestly, to be honest, I only did it once because it was the biggest nightmare I've ever witnessed in my life. Because they did that. They did that exact same thing. They had everybody line up all nice and orderly outside the Walmart. Then they just opened the doors and like exactly what you said, they had pallets just sitting out with like DVD players and like things like just stacked like on them televisions just like in a stack and they're like okay mob it it's like oh my god are you insane people go nuts me and my mom literally ran behind a shelf and hit there really this is madness (laughs) yeah and there was this poor little old woman that was working there and she was like in the middle of it we literally pulled her out of it and we're like my mom my mom literally was like you don't get paid enough to be in there you hide here with us and we we yeah. hid there and waited for the crowd to go down. And we like got our stupid Blu-ray player at the very end. There was like a couple sitting there left. Like, okay, we got what we wanted. <laughs> we yeah. left. It's a nightmare. So it's like not a shock to me at all that that's how Walmart did it. But uh, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure 90% of that is Walmart, you know. But at, mm-hmm. the, at the same time, like the next day, so I had proxies going to stores for me. I was I was first in line at Disney Store. My girlfriend came to do that. Like, so I got in line there first, waited until she was able to take my spot first in line there and get the stuff. Same thing with Target. Waited in line at Target. My mom came. She took my spot and was able to be first in line there. But the thing with Target is like so many things are in different places. So, okay, the pops are not with the Black Series. Everything comes out at the same time, so we might get the Black Series carbonized exclusive Mandalorian, but then all the other pops are like somewhere else, so I guess it, you know, pick your poison, but at the same time, it's just like I've been here hours, hours yeah. before everybody else in the freaking cold, dark, you know, windy atmosphere that is Chicago in the fall. And people who show up at 
you know, whatever time, 7.45 for an 8 o'clock open, get a pop and I don't. Like, I just, I, I think there should be more order. We have Disney and Lucasfilm hyping this up like crazy, and there's right. zero order at the stores that are participating. I'm not even talking about distribution with Hasbro. Like, that's that's a whole nother issue. I don't even care, like, if... If you want to only have one set of the white first edition Black Series boxes for a midnight release, so hey, maybe only one person gets it, that's why I make sure I'm there at 5.30 for a midnight release. Like right. that, you know, I put the time in and it, it, I'm, I know I'm just like ranting right now, but like I feel like these stores need to be more organized when you have midnight releases like this, especially for Star Wars. Like people will adhere to the organization, I feel like. If, if you create rules like Toys R Us did, the, the whole thing is going to be so much more enjoyable. Right. Like, I just don't know why. I mean, it's it's madness. So, like, why create, like, a situation where you're going to upset your customers or where people aren't who have been sitting there for hours? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, those are your customers. Like, we went to Toys R Us because it was organized. We came back year after year. We brought more and more people every year. Yep. So, it's, like, in their interest to make it an enjoyable experience so that maybe next year it's not just being set up for 15, 20 people. Maybe next year we'll be like, hey, like, you know, if it was organized, yeah. it would it could continue to grow and be more profitable for them. It was the worst at Walmart, and I am calling you out, Walmart. Get your <laughs> crap together because it's insane. It really is insane. And I, I'm not kidding you. I thought someone was going to take stuff out of my cart. I had my yeah. hand on my cart. I bent down. I literally thought people were going to take stuff out of my cart. And I would have flipped out if that happened. This one guy even. So I finally found where the, the white first edition black series were. And some of them were gone because this one dude who showed up 15 minutes before midnight grabs a couple of them. So I was reaching to grab the rest. This other guy who showed up at 1130 was like, oh, could you hand me the the white um, second sister? I literally looked at him and was about to like. Like, I don't even know. Like, dude, I've been here since Force 530. Choke him. Yeah, like, I am not going to hand you the one and only white box second sister. What are you, an idiot or something? Like, like I, no, I don't know. This one's yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. It, it, it's, ugh, gosh. I mean, at this point, it's been over a week since Force Friday. I've gotten multiple sets of the white boxes. I've gotten... All the carbonized figures for the exclusives. I got all the exclusive Funko Pops and and everything so far. So I really, I, I can't complain because I've been very successful. I've gotten pretty much everything I've wanted. But it did take a lot of time and effort to do that. And I feel like as fans, Walmart, you need to do a better job. Like if they're going to be one of the only yeah. events. Like I mean... The, the manager there literally, I feel like, does not care about her job. I will spend a bunch of money in your store, and you are just acting like it's just another day. Like, oh, it's whatever. It's, you know, let's just let everybody fight over it. No. No. You know, I'll yeah. fight you. That's who I'm going to fight. <laughs> yeah. Phone. That's... But phone, you can tell it to do things, and... A lot of really cool Lego pieces and and uh, lots of lots of really cool stuff. So all the Force Friday merch is available now. So um, I would definitely try to hit up uh, Target and um, I guess Walmart. <clears throat> I guess 
Um, <laughs> and it's there and you have yeah. to. But Best Buy and Barnes and Noble are also carrying a lot of the stuff, uh, a lot of the new merchandise for the new figures and uh, and Force Friday stuff. So. And yeah. Barnes and Noble has a lot of Funkos. My Barnes and Noble that I is by my house literally mm. just cleared out like this huge area of, of like the kids section and made it into like a pop culture section. Yeah, it's like huge now. So. I feel like Barnes and Noble is is working really hard to make it not just about like books. Like the Walmart yeah. that I have, uh, or the Barnes and Noble that I have near me, they have like a little cafe now, like cookies, and they make yeah. food there, I guess, or something. I don't know. Like it's cool. Well, they don't make the food. I worked at Barnes and Noble way back in the day. It's just in the fridge. It goes in the microwave. Okay. Yeah, it's real Starbucks. Like, it's exactly Starbucks beverages. The food's just probably not as good. But the drinks are. All right, well, we got one more thing of Star Wars news to discuss before we move on to Star Wars Resistance. So, Jesse, what else we got happening? So, we have received... Well, we haven't, but (laughs) our (laughs) beloved Star Wars stories have received some awards from the Saturn Awards. Resistance won for best television series i'm sorry best animated television series which is incredible especially since it went up against family guy and the simpsons which just like for how iconic those shows are and how ingrained into just pop culture and you know mainstream media those shows are for resistance to beat them out and win the award i just thought that was huge and really really cool and Ashley Eckstein got to present the award to the executive producers, so that was really special. And then John Favreau also got an award, and he was just being recognized as a visionary. He received the Visionary Award at the Saturn Awards, and he was presented by Gina Carano from The Mandalorian, and she just gushed about how amazing he is to work with and how comfortable and how fun he has been making everything on the set of the Mandalorian. And it was yeah. just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations to John Favreau and everyone who's been working on resistance. Well done, well-deserved. And, uh, I can't wait to see the Mandalorian and more star Wars resistance. So speaking of Star Wars Resistance, let's get into talking about Season 2. We had the first episode called Into the Unknown, which aired on October 6th. By the time this episode airs, there will have been a second episode as well, which we'll discuss on our next show. But this episode actually first aired at Star Wars Celebration for everybody who was in the Star Wars Resistance panel, which I was. It was very cool to see this episode in front of all those fans, cheering fans who just love Star Wars. So I guess first and foremost, Jesse, what do you think of the first episode? I was really excited to pick up exactly where we left off at the end of season one. I thought this episode was really fun and I loved how we kind of like started referencing Tam and, you know, got to figure out where she's at and where she stands and all this. And I just thought it was a really great kickoff. Yeah. Well, we are going to be talking in depth about this episode, so if you have not seen it and want to avoid spoilers, make sure to turn back now. 
but this was this was a fantastic episode like you said i love how it takes place right after what we get to see as far as the events in season one they get pretty close to dakar with this jump which is pretty cool only three parsecs away which you know it's gonna be kind of dicey i feel like we know what's going on with the car at the beginning of The Last Jedi, and we know that we are sort of paralleling. So uh, at what point do they get to Dakar? I'm not sure if they ever do get to Dakar. What will the state, the status of the Resistance be there? Um, it'll be interesting to see. Oh, I feel like just from like the way Eager asked Kaz if he was sure that there was a Resistance base on Dakar, I was like, oh, they're they're getting there yeah. way after everyone's gonna be gone yeah. they're gonna be like Kaz what the heck <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I, I thought it was really cool to see everybody working together again you know we get to see the command deck on the Colossus which looks pretty crazy like it you know it, it yeah. definitely looks like a, a ship command center it does and it almost looks kind of imperial mm-hmm. um, which would just take us back to Doza's roots so I just thought that was kind of cool that it almost looks like they're sitting in like an imperial star destroyer or something yeah well we know that they they can't contact the resistance because the long range communication uh, transmitters out and the hyperdrive is out of coaxium so they weren't able to jump any further so they're kind of stuck until they get the Colossus fixed and, and back up to uh, its full potential uh, we get to see the shell folk down uh, sort of in the lower levels there, I guess. They made it sound like they were afraid, right? That's why they were in their shells. Why was that? Was that because of the First Order droid, you think? Or was there is there another reason? That's what I think. I think that they probably saw it, you know, rolling around and maybe it attacked them or something. And, okay. and they've just been hiding ever since. That was my inference. Yeah. I'm wondering... That's what I wrote down in my notes, too. It was probably the First Order droid, but what if it's not? What if it's something else? You think, like, there's more, like, First Order, like, stowaways? Could be, or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we know that no matter what, if there's a First Order stowaway, whether it be a droid or someone else, they're going to try and reach out to the First Order, like we saw in this episode, to send that transmission and you know, the encryption code or whatever to the First Order to let them know where they're at. So, I don't know. I think one of the biggest things that I took away from this episode was the difference between how Kaz views Tam and his viewpoint towards her versus how Tam views Kaz and the rest of the Colossus crew. So, Kaz is like clearly missing tam he calls torah tam on accident and when they're trying to fix the colossus he's like you know who would have been really good at doing this tam you know and there's clearly a sense of like disappointment i don't know if that's in himself or in in tam or maybe both i don't know but it's like a sense of loss like like how torah puts it where it's like it's really hard to lose a friend like they like lost her yeah yeah, and the way that she views everything, and we see this multiple times in this episode, you know, she seems to be 100% committed to the First Order. She even says to Agent Tierney that they're not her friends anymore. You know, she's yeah. willing to help them find the Colossus. Kaz sends her a message, and she doesn't even listen to it. She throws a comlink down and goes about her business. 
So it's really kind of tough to see because you have someone like Kaz who has lost a friend and and does miss Tam and accidentally calls his other friends Tam and you have Tam who is willing to betray them and not even listen to what they have to say. Yeah, that broke my heart. She just has so much anger. I think she already... I don't know if it's fair to say that Tam is betraying them because, I mean, she is, but like through her eyes and through her point of view, from her certain point of view, they betrayed her and mm-hmm. they're the bad guys. At Tam, I don't I don't feel like Tam is a bad guy. I don't view it as Tam like turning to the dark side or, you know, joining up with the bad guys or whatever. Tam is Tam really thinks that she fell into the wrong crowd and that they were, you know, liars and you know, lawbreakers and rule breakers and that she she feels that now she is doing the right thing. So it's really tough. I think, yeah, I think we've talked a little bit about that before too, though, because that's a lot of what the Empire was. I mean, people genuinely felt like the Empire was doing a good thing for the galaxy. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't make what the Empire did right. And I don't know, it might... it. It'll be interesting to see if there's something that the First Order does or maybe that the First Order requests of her that will force her or allow her to see what the First Order really is. Like, do you yeah. think Do you think there's going to be something like that or is she... She's done. I think so. I think even though, you know, she's obviously kind of has like rose colored glasses, you know, looking at the first first order right now. I mean, Tam's smart and she has the advantage of not having been, you know, brainwashed from a young age, you know? So I feel like she will be able to see through them eventually and and realize what she's doing is is wrong. It gets a little harder as a pilot though. It might take longer cuz you're just kind of like, "Hey, you shoot over there," and you don't really see the impact you're having as a pilot all the time. So it might take her a while, but I, I do think that she's smart enough to figure it out. Yeah. Well, from now on, she is Cadet Pilot DT-533. I'm assuming that's what they're going to be referring to her as. So it'll be interesting to see if that, you know, dehumanizes how she feels. Yeah. She's, she's not Tam anymore. I know it was sad to see her like put all of her like her her Colossus uniform down and yep pick up the first order one and she like when she received um, Kaz's transmission I think what like hurt the most was was like seeing how much pain it inflicted on her it wasn't like a dismissal like oh forget them I don't care about them anymore like there was like pain there in her face and she like quick turned it off like like she like couldn't stand to like listen to to them because they they really hurt her. Yeah. And sometimes Kaz he makes dumb decisions and he he doesn't always think before he does things. But in this episode we have Kaz make a decision to reach out to Tam on her private com link despite Tora sort of being like you know if you do this you're gonna put the whole colossus at risk like they could track us or find us or you know the smallest slip up could give away our position and kaz feels the need to do it anyway 
you know, so I feel like Kaz views Tam's allegiance almost as like the key to overcoming this first order problem. I think it's more than that too. Like I think he really feels bad and guilty and he knows that by keeping her in the dark, he put his own friend, you know, in the lion's den. Like the first order is bad and scary. And so it's probably really sad and really scary to see your friend get sucked in to something like that. So I think he like feels the need to like, to like rescue her to at least send out like a lifeline to be like, Hey, like, I'm sorry. He's feeling a lot of guilt about that. I think this is going to be a situation kind of like what we saw with Yeager and his brother Marcus Speedstar, where you have one party apologizing for something that happened in the past, the other person not wanting anything to do with it. Over time, that relationship will have a few bridges built, and things may not go over okay immediately, but as time goes on, I think that relationship will mend itself. And I think it is going to be because of Kaz and her friends on the Colossus that she will not remain with the First Order for the duration of the war. That's what I think. I think she'll, she won't die as a First Order pilot or anything like that. She'll be a part of the Resistance at some point. Yeah, I feel like she will be also like instrumental. Even if Kaz, I don't know if Kaz realizes that she could be instrumental in, you know, taking a bite out of the first order for the resistance but i think she will be yeah how about tora in this episode right i mean tora was was pretty awesome so she actually gave kaz some good advice and she also saved him from the first order roly right i mean kaz was pretty like unconscious almost like he had gotten stunned and she goes in there and kicks it and saves him and sort of defends that port where the first order droid was going to try to send out the transmission like she was just dominating everything she was awesome she yeah even in the beginning kaz was like oh yeah me and niku will go fix it and tora's like yeah i should definitely come with you guys yeah (laughs) you can't leave these guys to this on their own no she was awesome although when the first time when she was pulling kaz away unconscious and like running away from the first order droid they left niku behind <laughs> yeah i was like i like for a minute i was like i had to remind myself like it's a cartoon we're getting away because we need to get away to further the story but i was like oh my god they're leaving niku but then the <laughs> funny thing is niku makes a reference to being left behind later on to cb23 he's like oh don't worry about me i'll be fine but if you survive don't forget about me <laughs> yeah <You> know, like... <laughs> poor niku yeah. Niku is hilarious. I, I, I loved it when he was going down that dark hallway and was like, oh, this place looks really scary, and then had his like little innocent chuckle just to like, yeah. bring light to he's the just situation. Like always, yeah, he's just like always happy. He's like, yeah, this is spooky, but like I, I'm happy because I'm with my friends. Like, he yeah. does not care. I love him. But Niku was giving Kaz props for being positive in, you know, dire or horrific situations. But I feel like that's almost Niku. Like, I feel like Niku has the ability to be positive more so than almost anyone else in situations that are pretty terrible. Yeah, he's he's so positive that he's calling out the positivity in his friends and commending them for being positive just like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So... 
Of course, we're going to be getting new episodes of Star Wars Resistance every Sunday on Disney XD at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, which is a lot better time this year versus like the 10, I think it was 10 Eastern last year. It was like 9 yeah. our time. So it was pretty late. But this is a better time, so I think a lot more kids are going to be able to to watch it in the evenings on Sundays. So um, make sure to stick with us. We are going to be talking about every single episode of Star Wars Resistance as we continue to get through the second and final season. Before we go, I do want to mention our book club. So I'm sure some of you have been following along with our book club and listening to our podcast. We just finished uh, Galaxy's Edge Black Spire in the month of September and had an interview with the book's author, Delilah Dawson. So if you have not heard that interview, go to wherever you find our Star Wars podcasts and find that one. Take a listen there. Um, It was a lot of fun talking to her. And then for this month, we are diving deep into Dooku Jedi Lost. And I have to say, first of all, it's refreshing to go back to the Clone Wars era and get a lot more information about not only Dooku and Ventress, but a lot of the events prior to Episode 1 that we have so many questions on. We get some of those answered in this, and um, I'm loving it so far. I agree. It's... It's been really great getting in those characters' heads. Those are all, I feel like all the dark side characters in general, it's really hard to get in their head and figure out, you know, how they got to be where they are. And this really opens up a door for them. Yeah. And uh, if you're if you're reading the book, it's actually laid out like a play of a script. So, uh, you know, turning the pages goes pretty fast, um, a lot faster than a normal book. So I think it's like 407 pages or something, but it goes really quick. Um, and I think the audiobook's like six hours, so it's really not that long. Yeah. The audiobook is awesome, too, because it was made for audio, um, for audiobook, released as an audiobook first. And it is like... It's like I, I imagine it to be what like old like radio story series used to be, you mm-hmm. know, with like other Star Wars audiobooks. They are really awesome about like adding sound effects and everything and like making you feel like you're listening to like a movie almost. But this is like you it's a whole different ballgame. Like you could tell it was made for audio. There's things that they don't say. They're reacting to like lightsaber sounds and it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm describing it properly, but it's really cool. Yeah, I bet you because they'll have some like italicized words that say like, and then a lightsaber swishes or something like you probably don't get that dialogue or that, that, you know, sentence, you probably just hear it. Like it's, it's not like, as you know, a voice actor who's reading these novels, you know, they'll, they'll say, and then he ignited his lightsaber, and then you'll hear the lightsaber sound in the audiobook. But this doesn't have that. It's just literally you hear the lightsaber sound, and then somebody reacts to it like, are you trying to fight me? And it's yeah. just it's cool. It's like listening to a play. Yeah. Well, that's definitely how it's written. So it, it uh, takes a little bit of getting used to when you're not used to reading that stuff. But it is definitely pretty awesome. So... We just finished our first week of discussion questions this past week, and we're about to begin our week two of discussion questions. So um, it's not too late to dive in. And like I said, it's it's pretty short, so you'll be able to catch up pretty quick, I feel. And we'd love to have you guys join in on our discussions. And uh, Jesse, if they want to do that, where could they do that? 
So all of our book club discussions are happening on our open Facebook group. Um, you can search for us. It is called TSO Book Club. Find us on there, join the group, and just dive in. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and we typically open it up to uh, things and reactions. If you guys want your reactions said on our book club podcast, we will bring bring up some reactions from you guys and, and mention them on our shows as well. We even had some um, of our questions from members of the book club uh, asked to Delilah Dawson when we had her on too. So make sure to definitely participate because we'll, we'll, uh, we'll say your stuff on the show. So, like I said, we are doing Jedi Lost for the month of October, and then as we get close to The Rise of Skywalker, we're going to be getting into the Journey to the Rise of Skywalker series, which is Resistance Reborn, which I believe will be our first book, which will be the month of November. And then in December, we're going to be doing Spark of Resistance, which is a uh, young reader's uh, shorter book, and then Force Collector uh, to finish out the second half of December. So hopefully by the time Rise of Skywalker comes out, we'll have a lot more information and uh, stuff leading up to Episode 9. But that'll do it for Episode 149 of Twin Suns Transmission. Jesse, before we go, can you tell people where to find us on social media? Yes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Suns Outpost. All right, and if you're looking to listen to our show, you can find us a couple different places, one of them being our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll be able to see all of our shows there. You can also find us on iTunes as well as the Star Wars podcast app from the Google Play Store. Thank you so much for listening to episode 149 of Twin Suns Transmissions. We'll be back soon talking about more Star Wars Resistance and all the new Star Wars news. Make sure to pay attention because I have a feeling that tickets and another trailer are going to be announced for an upcoming day within the next couple weeks. So be ready for that. For Eric and Jesse, you've been listening to the Twin Suns Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. And as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the Force be with you, always. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This time you will murder to meet the king.